Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. We serve a great big God. He's the same in Mississippi just as he is in Wisconsin. And he can do so many amazing and wonderful things. You know what limits him? Right here. But if we would just take the limits off and just say, God, you're able. We really believe that you can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. I think we would be amazed. The word tells us we would be amazed by what all God would do in our lives. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Coulter, for having us. Such you, you guys have an amazing pastor and pastor's wife. Amen. The hospitality has been great. Uh, this is my wife and I's first time to be in your great state, and uh, it has been it has been our honor. We I was so impressed by the culture of prayer that you guys are developing here. That's how you're going to move mountains. That's how you're going to reach this community. That's how you're going to reach your city, your county, is through prayer. I'm excited to hear about the great things that are going to be coming out of this church in the very near future. But we are here today to talk to you about Tupelo Children's Mansion, and it is our honor to do such. Uh, Before we get started, we're going to play a short video for you, just to kind of give you a highlight of Tupelo Children's Mansion. Yes, this is Sister Johnson with the Sanctuary. I have some children here that we're bringing today. Yes, we've been expecting you. Come right in. Thank you. This is a safe place, kids, and everything's going to be okay. Children's Mansion. We're so excited to have you staying with us. We've been waiting for you all day. Come on in with me. Let's get settled. If you could say the mansion's done one thing for you, what is that one thing? The mansion has provided me a safe place to live. The mansion gave me a family. The mansion gave me a chance. The mansion gave me hope. The mansion just lets me be a kid. The mansion showed me love. The mansion saved my life.
it helps to take it off mute. Each and every day we serve children from across our nation. Uh, and most recently we have seen a drastic increase in the need for Tupelo Children's Mansion. Uh, probably about 10 years ago, uh, if you were to come to the campus of Tupelo Children's Mansion, we averaged about 40 to 45 children on the campus serving about 80 children a year, uh, which was still a pretty good number. Uh, but today, if you walk up on the campus of Tupelo Children's Mansion, we're serving between 90 and 100 children every day, uh, and that number has increased to almost 200 children per year. Uh, the need has never been greater for Tupelo Children's Mansion, and today we celebrate what we call Mansion Sunday with you. Mansion Sunday was designated by the United Pentecostal Church as the official offering date uh, to give a sacrificial offering to Tupelo Children's Mansion. And so today, this church is joining with hundreds of churches across our fellowship, talking about TCM, praying for TCM, and giving to TCM. And I want to say a personal thank you from myself, my wife, and Pastor and Sister Judd, our president, and our board of directors. Thank you Abundant Life Apostolic Church for having this service today. You are making the difference in the life of a child. How many of you have ever been to Tupelo Children's Mansion? Got one, two, three. You guys need to make a field trip. So TCM has been around since 1953. Uh, it was founded by uh, T.C. Montgomery. And there, a lot of people say, was that on purpose because his initials are TCM? And Tupelo Children's Mansion, it's TCM. But that actually had nothing to do with each other. But T.C. Montgomery had a vision uh, for a children's home. He felt like God laid in his heart that there needed to be a children's home uh, that with an apostolic foundation. And he drove across country in his little car, spending the night in his car to save money, to try to raise money to build this children's home. He felt like God spoke to him very directly to place that home in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, and so he worked with uh, a group and they purchased some property there and built the Tupelo Children's Mansion. So many of you see uh, in the promotions a lot of times the large building with the rock front, the big white columns, and everybody feels like that's Tupelo Children's Mansion. And that is our Hansford Hall. It is uh, the anchor building, the first building built on the campus. But Tupelo Children's Mansion is a residential group home in the state of Mississippi that's 40 acres. We have 27 buildings that house all of our children. It's, it's a large operation. Uh, though we are not licensed by the state of Mississippi uh, through the Department of Human Services, we are licensed through the Department of Health. We have a religious organization exemption, which allows us to be able to teach our doctrine. It allows us to be able to take the children to church, to te teach them about Jesus. And how many of you know that cures a lot of ills right there? Uh, many of our children are coming from very broken backgrounds, but they are walking into a campus that provides them with hope, provides them with wholeness, and very rarely does a child leave our care without the Holy Ghost. Many come to the mansion, they receive the Holy Ghost, they are baptized in Jesus' name, and we are thankful for that, and that's because you give. So a lot of times you feel like your um, outreach may just be right here in this area, in this community, but because you give, you're reaching children across the nation at Tupelo Children's Mansion. We also have a program called Haven of Hope uh, that is located on our campus, and that is a kind of a segmented program for troubled teenage girls between the ages of 13 and 17. These girls come to us uh, with a 
larger amount of problems than the regular children on our campus. So they have their own school, they have their own uh, home and facility. And so we work within a 12-month period to try to kind of rehabilitate these young ladies and put them back uh, into their homes. And that program has been going since 2004 and has served almost 200 girls uh, during that time with great success. We provide for physical but also educational needs. We have an on-campus school uh, that serves the children uh, from grades 12 all the way down to whatever they need. Right now, our youngest resident is three, so we have a K-3 program, and uh, we are working to make sure that educationally, our children are well taken care of. Many times, as you can imagine, they're coming to us uh, far behind in their academics, and so our staff are trained to get them back on academic level, to resource them however we need to, and thankfully, uh, many times whenever they go back into their public school systems, they are back on level uh, without needing any additional resources. And of course, their spiritual needs, as I mentioned, is a highlight of what we do there. Our staff are professional. We have licensed social workers. We have licensed counselors. Uh, many of our teachers are degreed and licensed as well. Uh, we have a couple of master's levels educators. Uh, our administration, obviously, if you've ever met Brother and Sister Judge, you know that they are a class act and have the heart uh, of the mansion. So right now, I want my wife to come. She's going to share with you a little bit about what's actually going on with some of our children. Good morning, everyone. Happy new month. That's what we say in our family when it's a new month. So it's November the 1st. Happy new month. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. As Chad said, this is our first time to be in Wisconsin. And y'all, it is cold here. It's cold and it's windy. I'm from, I'm a Texas native. And so I'm freezing. But um, your state is beautiful. And we've enjoyed so much being with Brother and Sister Cordell. And we thank you so much for your hospitality. One thing I love about the family of God is no matter where you go, and my husband alluded to this also, no matter where you go when you're with your brothers and sisters in Christ, it feels like home. So I appreciate so much the warmth and the hospitality and you guys allowing us to be here. Um, I want to just briefly tell you a story about a sibling group that recently arrived at the mansion. Um, it's easy to see the pictures and, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. But this is, these are real children with real backgrounds, really sad stories. Um, this is the reality that we deal with every day. Um, we recently had three brothers, ages three, five, and seven, who arrived at the mansion with literally nothing. Um, they didn't have any toys. They didn't have any clothes. They literally came with what they were wearing. And this was an emergency placement. The mother didn't have any resources and she had no way to travel to bring them to the mansion. So our case manager jumped in her car and met them actually in a parking lot um, around dusk. And that's how the exchange took place. The mother turned the children over to the custody of the mansion. Um, it was hard. There were a lot of tears, as you can imagine, a lot of broken hearts, and then a long ride home in the dark. And they were going somewhere new. And I don't know about you guys, I don't like the dark. I don't like it these days where it starts getting dark earlier. Um, things are a little scarier when it's dark. And so these babies were making this transition in the dark. And so the hardest, the five-year-old had the hardest time. And that night, his house mother was basically not able to console him, and he cried himself to sleep. He was given a teddy bear by the case manager whenever the exchange took place, and he fell asleep clutching that teddy bear. The next morning, his house father woke him up with a reassuring hug and told him it's time for breakfast. And as he got up and he saw his new room and his new clothes, and he found his two brothers waiting for him at the breakfast table, everything started to look a lot better as it often does in the daylight. 
And that little boy began to experience more than just fear, which he had felt the night before, but he began to experience hope. He looked up into his house father's face at the table and he said, thank you. Do you think we could stay one more night? And I'm happy to tell you that he did get to stay one more night and he'll get to stay there with his brothers as long as he needs to. And while there, he will be loved and he'll be cared for. And most importantly, he's gonna be introduced to a savior who can change his life forever. So thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you. Um, We could not do what we do at the mansion without, as my husband mentioned, we're not licensed by the state, so we don't receive any state funding. So the mansion is supported by individual donors and churches that give out of their generosity, and that's how we're able to care for these precious children. So thank you so much for being a part of that. And of course, that is just one of many stories, uh, each of each of the children at the mansion have their own, and that one gets me every time. <laughs> Maybe because that little boy runs up to me almost every day. He's in my little girl's class, and uh, he runs up to me and says, Brother Paca, I love you. I said, man, I love you too. So how can you get involved with what's going on at Tupelo Children's Mansion? So there are innumerable ways, and I'm going to be happy to share all of them with you today. You can become a special kids sponsor. Uh, These are people who want to sponsor a very specific child. And so you sign up to send monthly donations that go to the care of that particular child. Uh, With that, you receive update letters about that child, how they're doing. You'll receive updated pictures uh, on a quarterly basis and uh, needs lists like for Christmas and birthdays and that kind of stuff, the things that the child may be asking for. So that's a special kids sponsor. You can become a uh, general sponsor. That's somebody who's just supporting the mansion. You know, may not want to support a specific child, but you just want to support the needs of the mansion as a whole. Uh, that's also, you get update letters about what's going on at the mansion, events, that kind of thing. You can become a guardian angel sponsor. These are sponsors are specifically supporting the Haven of Hope program. So maybe your heart or your family have been touched because a troubled teenage girl uh, has been in your life and you feel that what that program is doing is needful, so you want to support that. That is a guardian angel sponsor. Uh, memorial gifts. If there's someone in your life that has passed away and you want to honor them in some way, you can give a memorial gift in their honor uh, to Tupelo Children's Mansion. Also, tribute gifts. Uh, these are tributes that you can make to the living, of things that you want to just say, hey, you know, I give honor to them because they're doing great. Maybe your children's pastor and you want to bless them in such a way, say, hey, I, I sent money to Tupelo Children's Mansion uh, in your honor. You can do wills and plan giving. There's information about that out on our table. Uh, You can donate your vehicle. Uh, If you have a vehicle that you no longer need, uh, a vehicle that is older and you're not sure what you're going to do with it, we have a program worked out with cars.com in which they, they will take that vehicle, turn it into cash, and send that cash to Tupelo Children's Mansion. Uh, multiple ways to give. You can go to mansionkids.org slash give. All of these things are listed there with step-by-step ways that you can get involved. How many of you know, as your pastor said earlier, you just can't outgive God? You sure can try, but it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, there's one place in scripture, one time, that God said, just try me. Only one time. Now, most of the time in the scripture, it tells you, don't tempt the Lord. Don't try God. Not a good idea. 
But in one place, God said, just try me. And that was in your giving. Just try me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you cannot contain. Think about that. Blessings that you cannot contain. Just try him. So if you're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat this morning and wondering, do I really want to get involved? Do I really want to do this? Yes. Yes, you do. Just try the Lord and see what he will do for you. Angela, if you'll come one more time and just kind of briefly talk to them about what's going on uh, after service. We're going to be at the table and we have some great things for you out there. I'm back. <laughs> um, I want to echo what my husband said. I, I, I said this to Brother Cordell last night. Generosity begets generosity. And we're blessed to be a blessing. And I've seen that principle. We've seen that played out in our own life. And it's so exciting to hear about the things that God is doing for this church with the charter school. We had a similar situation happen um, at our church, our home church in Houston, where just completely unexpected, God blew our minds with a financial blessing. And we were able to turn around and do things with that and bless other people. And you really, truly cannot outgive God. And so I just want to echo that. We've seen it personally. I've seen it in our churches. Um, and I want to personally live a life of generosity. And I know you guys do too. I have a small gift for Brother and Sister Cordell, just a small token from the um, Judds and from the staff and children at the mansion. We appreciate so much you guys hosting us today. This is a Scentsy warmer. I don't know if you guys know about Scentsy in Wisconsin, um, but it's a wax warmer and it has the mansion logo on it. And so it'll just be a reminder for you guys in your home of the mansion. So thank you guys so much for hosting us. You guys do have a beautiful pastor and his wife. We've enjoyed getting to know them so much. Um, so after service, Chad and I will be out in the foyer and we have a table set up. We have sponsorship forms with the pictures of children who currently need sponsors. So if you are interested in becoming a special kid sponsor, you can meet us out there and we would be happy to help you with that process. Um, we actually have a small gift. You can either pick a CD. We have some um, music projects that we've done over the years as a thank you for signing up to be a sponsor or we'll mail you a t-shirt we have with our, um, our yearly, our annual theme for the mansion on that. We can send that to you. Um, we also have our needs list out there of current needs that the different departments on campus have. So you can feel free to pick those up. And then we have some pictures of some of our current residents on the table. So we would love to get to meet you after service. So feel free to stop by and visit us at the table. Thank you so much again. Thank you for your generosity. Brother Cordell, if you'll come, thank you again so much. It's been an honor to be with you guys. Praise the Lord. I know this is a little bit of a different type of a service, but I'm just going to share a story with you. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different type of an altar call today. But again, we have been so incredibly blessed. Uh, we are so wealthy in this, in this country, in this state. Uh, Seven-eighths of the world, maybe more, would call us millionaires. They'd say that we're rich and wealthy. And, uh, and we are very blessed. And so... When this whole thing came together with the charter school, and it was a wonderful thing, many of you know that because of the COVID outbreak and things that happened with schools, we had to shut down our, our child care. And for, for several years, I operated that child care, and it, it provided some, 
some uh, funds to the church to help us with our mortgage, etc. But because of all the complications and everything that went along with what was going to happen with the schools, we were losing parents, we were losing teachers, and finally the decision collectively with our, with our awesome trustee board was we just we need to put it to rest and we needed to close it. It just wasn't viable uh, to take the chance to open it again and end up having the church have to support the child care, right? And so we embarked on a challenge to see if we could go out and find some way to utilize that space. And our presbyter in our section, Brother Joe Hanthorne, and I just happened to be in conversation by chance, and he said, hey, man, he said, I, I had space like that in my church. He said, I went out and found a place that needed to lease it, and I leased it out to another childcare." He said, I'm just a landlord. This is great. I collect a nice chunk of money every month. And he said, I don't have to worry about staffing. I don't have to worry about lawsuits. I don't have to worry about angry boyfriends coming to get pick up their, their staffers and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and, and he said, that's the way to go. And so I immediately went on the trail and I sent out letters and I made phone calls to probably 50 childcare facilities around the area. I went all the way down to almost Milwaukee County. Well, over the course of time, I had three suitors, three child cares that were very, very interested in leasing that space. And it would have provided us a, a decent little bit of income. About We were guessing we could have worked it out about six or $7,000 a month. And that was double, uh, even almost triple what we were getting through the child care. And so I was excited, and I thought, yep, God, that's it. That's the, that's the way. This is how God works. It's going to be great. I can focus on you and focus on pastoring the church and focus on winning souls and let that thing run itself and just sit back and collect a check. Isn't that wonderful? Until COVID decided to throw another curveball at us. And the story started coming out about what was going to happen with the schools and how people were going to handle all that stuff and were parents going to work from home. And all three of them called me up and said, sorry, we're out. One after another, boom, boom, boom. Well, old Pastor Cordell got a little dejected. I got a little down, and I said, Lord, you know we needed this. You know we needed this. It was so important to us. What's going on? And one of our guys, Brother Marty, just happened to mention it to a business associate. Said, hey, do you know anybody's looking to lease space? And lo and behold, here's this charter school. And they come in. And this is going to be potentially three, four times maybe what we were expecting out of those. That's how God works. God says, you, you think you've got this little thing in front of you. That's what your eyes see. That's what human eyes see. But see, God's got bigger eyes and he's got bigger ideas and bigger blessings. And I want to say in front of Brother and Sister Parker, amen. I want to say in front of Brother and Sister Parker, through our entire COVID challenge, the shutdown of this church, you folks have been faithful to God. And we were able to keep these doors open, keep our bills paid. You continued to mail your stuff in. You did your electronic giving. You gave when you had to and, and have been faithful. And I believe that God has answered that and has said, yes, I've got something greater for you. So that's why I said, look, we're going to have this income coming in. We're going to get outside these walls. We're going to get on the mission of being an apostolic church. We're going to be a mission church again, and we're going to start to get out into our community. Those finances are going to allow us to do some things that we've not been able to do as well as we've done in the past. And that's going to be doing all kinds of things, supplying you with more Bible study materials, more materials to reach your neighborhoods, things that we can do outside of here. It's going to take some funding for. Yes, we're also going to work on the church. There's going to be, see how that's all faded and you can't, well, well, it's really faded now. 
we're going to do the new video system. We have a generous gift that was given to us just before COVID. We're going to be doing some remodeling here in the sanctuary. We've got some plans for some things that we want to do here for the church, repairs that our, that our trades crew wants to get to. You know, our smiths, right? The smiths already know. They know there's a bunch of things that need to get fixing. This thing's broken. doesn't work anymore. We've got a new one on the way because of a generous donation coming. And so God is already working in these things, but he said, but I said, guys, I talked to the trustee. I said, guys, before we start hoarding this money for ourselves, before we start just working on fixing stuff and, and buying things for the church, I think we got to give. We got to find a way to give. We've got to lay a foundation for giving. And those awesome trustees all said, yes, that's absolutely right. And they got behind me. And so we're, that's why I'm talking about this. Now, am I saying every Sunday I'm going to get up here and say, hey, come on now, folks, give more, give more, give No, mm-mm. that's not how we're going to do it. When God, when God provides opportunity, we're going to make that opportunity available to you. Does that mean you're going to be coerced and pushed and your arm twisted behind your back to give? Nope, not at all. Because if you have to have your arm twisted behind your back in order to let God bless you mightily in your life, you haven't gotten the picture yet. So you just hold tight and watch the rest of us who want to give and do right in God's kingdom and see souls saved and see miracles happen. You just go ahead and watch and wait for a while and then you'll catch on and you'll say, hey, I want to give like that guy because I want those blessings too. And that's how it's going to happen. So when opportunities like Tupelo Children's Mansion come along, you bet I'm going to invite them in. I want them to come in. There are precious little children that desperately need God in their lives. Who did Jesus love more than anybody? Suffer the little children to come unto me, he said. He loves the little children. He want, they're special, special in his eyes. And what a tremendous way to kick this off. See, normally we'd be up here handing out cards in November, asking you for a heart for the house commitment, right? Remember that? And we'd say, oh, you're just in this money and we need some help taking care of the bills, taking care of the church. Well, we don't have to do that anymore. What we can do, though, is we can invite a wonderful guest like this couple in and come in and say, hey, Brother and Sister Parker, we, we want the blessings of God, so we want to bless you. Okay, so you're not going to be coerced and you don't have to do it. We're not taking count and we're not going to see who does and who doesn't. We're just going to give you the opportunity to talk to God at this altar service today. I said it's going to be a little bit of a different altar service. At altar service today, I want you to come up and just spend a little time and talk to God. See if he touches your heart, if he speaks to you and says, listen, brother, sister, I want to bless you today. Bless these fine folks. See if God talks to you and really speaks to your heart. And if he does, great. And if he doesn't, that's okay too. Because there's going to be plenty more opportunities for us to give, okay? Amen? Is that all right? Am I following the word? Okay, I just want to make sure. Praise the Lord. I just want to see his kingdom blessed, and I want to see the people of this community blessed. The old JJS, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the world. Acts 2.39, right? Well, let's start here in Jerusalem, but let's help out Judea and Samaria too. Far, I'm sorry, Mississippi, Samaria, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so that being said, Brother Sister Parker, if you can join me back here. Um, so during the course of this process and, and bringing them up here, I, had a, I got a phone call from, from one of our wonderful members. And they said, Brother Cordell, the child care is completely shut down now, isn't it? I said, yeah, we've, we've closed it. It's gone. As a matter of fact, you don't know this, but the charter school is purchasing all of the furniture, all of the bookshelves, all of the chairs, all of the equipment from the childcare, in addition to what they're already doing and coming in here. So we're going to have a financial blessing that way as well. 
Amen? And I said, yeah, it's, it's shut down. We're done. We're closed. We've sold off some of the stuff already. He said, well, what's going on with that, with that bus? He said, how much do we owe on that? And I said, I don't really remember. I thought it was, you know, 15000 or so, something like that. Or I didn't even remember. We just pay it every month and take care of it. And he said, well, I just got a letter in the mail, Brother and Sister Parker, that your letter reached one of our, our wonderful saints. And he said, I got a letter in the mail. And he said, it says that they're in desperate need of vehicles. Brother Judd told me on the phone the other day that the average mileage on your vehicles is over 200,000. And I said, well, yeah, brother, what's that all about? And he said, well, they desperately need a vehicle. And he said, I know we've got that van sitting there. He said, I'll give you $5,000 if you'll consider donating it to Tupelo Children's Mansion. And immediately, immediately I felt the Holy Ghost. And I said, God, you've blessed us so much. You've brought a financial miracle to our church after piling through this thing as your administrative pastor for six and a half years, squeezing every penny, trying to make everything work right, working with our trustees to get everything functional and keep us going. You've given us a miracle, God, and now you've given us an opportunity to give back. Then another one of our trustees stepped up and said, I'll give 2500 My wife and I stepped and we're going to contribute as well. Brother, Sister Parker, we have a bus sitting out there in a parking lot. It's got 16,000 miles on it. It's brand new. And it's paid off. Now, we went ahead and paid it off. We owe a little bit on it. We owe a few bucks on it yet, somewhere around $1,500. But we went ahead and paid it off as a church. If you folks would like to contribute towards that, if you'd like to contribute towards them so we can clear the title and get it to them, you can use your electronic app. You can use your text to give. We've got the buckets out here still. If you want to dig into your pocket, write a check. That'll help us out, get that thing clear. We can get the, we can get the title down to them, but they're not going to fly home today. They're going to drive home. Here are the keys. Praise the Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. God, we're so very thankful, Lord, for the privilege that you've given us. Jesus, you've blessed us mightily. You've given us miracle after miracle. You've seen us through the most challenging time in the history of our country. God, you've brought us through this COVID thing. You're bringing us through this election stuff because we're turning to you. We're giving it to you, God. We're following you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the mighty God. And Lord, we honor and we praise you today in Jesus' precious name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want you to know that never one time, never one time did the church ever have to do anything to finance that van. That was sustained completely by the income of the child care. We bought it with child care money. We ran it with child care money. And we've taken care of it with a little bit of church money now just to get this thing clear. I hope that's okay with everybody. Is that all right? Okay. Praise the Lord. Brother and Sister Parker, we love you guys. And we wanted to bless Tupelo. We're going to sponsor for you as well. And uh, we thank you so much for coming today. Um, if you'd like to say a few final words, you're welcome to. Well, I'm a crybaby, so probably won't be able to say much, but thank you. Just two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with our residential director and her husband, and they said, you know what we really need? Exact words, you know what we really need? 
I said, what's that? We need a minibus. These vans are great, but a minibus would really help us in our travel and be able to supervise the kids properly. And I said, just keep dreaming. (laughs) Exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Thank you so very much, church. Folks, this altar is open. I know it's a little bit earlier than normal. It's been an odd service, but I hope you're blessed today by it. The altar is open. Come down and talk to the Lord. Spend some time. If you feel God so move you, uh, Brother and Sister Parker have a table set up out there in the foyer. Stop by. Look at the materials that they have and consider what God lays on your heart this morning. Again, if you want to help out with uh, the final few dollars on that van, uh, you can use your church center app and just put a visitor on there. Um, You can obviously contribute other ways. That would be a tremendous uh, blessing to us and to them. And um, amen. God's going to bless us mightily. Amen. Praise the Lord. This altar is open this morning. God bless all of you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.